another episode of Just Jerry Live, Plotting Perspectives in Church Life. I am Todd Bryant. And I'm Jeff Short. How's it going in the northern Arctic? Well, it's going pretty well. I think we've set a record here. This is our third attempt to record this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I lost count a while back. It really- <laughs> I was initially saying uh, we were starting it too early, but now we've gotten to the point that we're pretty standard time for us to record. So Yeah, it's almost lunchtime now. <laughs> That's exactly right. Of course, I eat lunch early. I'm from that that uh, generation, or at least raised by that generation. Of course, they call it dinner. They don't call it lunch. Yeah, just don't call me late forward. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> Okay, let's look. Uh, th- this this month, John MacArthur, uh, most people know who he is, is celebrating 50 years of ministry at the same church, by the way. And there's been a lot of news about that. You and I do not have 50 combined years of ministry. No. Uh, but we were uh, preaching, or, or we did start preaching right around the same time, about 20 years ago, a little better than 20 years ago. And... Though I have been referred to even recently as a young preacher, I, I, that my kids are shocked when they hear something like that. <laughs> uh, I, I think we do have some uh, little bit of wisdom. I hope it's wisdom. We at least have some history we can talk about in those 20 years. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of things that's happened in 20 years time. Yeah, and I think we've taken a little bit different paths to get there. Um, you know, I have been at the same church for 20 years, and you're, you've been at a few different places. So there are experiences that we can draw on uh, relative to that. Right. Do you happen to recall the first sermon you preached? Well, I don't as much recall it as I recorded it. Um, not Not an audio recording, but... I started keeping track, and so I opened up my spreadsheet here, and I've got July 4th of 1999. Now, that seems odd to me, but I I guess that was, that was the date. I preached the very first sermon after announcing a call to preach, and that was from Matthew chapter 8 and verse 13. I entitled that sermon, As Thou Hast Believed. So I was still using some nice uh, old English titles there. It looks <laughs> well, like good enough for Paul. It's good enough for us. <laughs> well, I had, and I'm looking actually at my notes for that sermon. I had four points and basically it was a sermon about faith. And, and I think my, my main overall point was that, we are given blessings according to the proportion of faith and that for the service of God, it wasn't a prosperity message. Yeah. I I do not recall exactly the first sermon I ever preached. I was wise enough not to keep track early on of what I preached to suggest that there was an actual text probably would be more than uh, would be accurate. I wish I knew a whole lot more about exposition back then, but I, I just did not. I know that I probably preached on a similar idea. I think I preached on by grace through faith and am probably preached from Ephesians chapter two, if I had to guess. That See, might- I always thought that you, uh, your first sermon, you totally broke down uh, superlapsarianism and uh, gave the definitive uh, explanation of that for all time. Well, this was just an introduction to that subject. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> I actually preached my first sermon, though, interestingly enough, in July of 1998, which was about a year before you started preaching. Right. Well, you are older than me. Well, you you keep saying that, uh, and I don't think you've convinced our listeners yet. But <laughs> So as far as, you know, I, my first sermon was in 1998 in July. Yours was in July 1999. We've been friends for the vast majority of that time. When did you start pastoring relative to that first sermon? That was, I'm going to say, in February of 2001. So almost two years. Yeah, so it had been about a year, year and a half, almost two years. I would love to think that I had two years. I actually preached my first sermon in July. And in December of the same year, I was ordained and took a pastorate, you know, six months after I preached that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I would not suggest anybody do that. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you one thing for sure is that I was not in any way prepared to pastor a church six months after I preached my first sermon. <laughs> Well, I wasn't wasn't uh, prepared two years after, so I'm not sure I was even prepared to preach at that point, much less to really pastor, which you know are not the same things. I, Certainly, we live in this day and age, which I think people are satisfied with a guy who just gives a Bible lesson two or three hours a week, and that's viewed as pastoring. You know, we just want a warm body in the pulpit, but that is not what pastoring should look like. And I, again, I. I wasn't even in in the ballpark prepared to really preach at that point, much less to pastor. But, you know, in small churches, uh, that's just pretty common. I've I've seen that quite a bit. And uh, I would urge a church not to do that. And I would urge a young man not to do that. Would would you agree? Uh, I would agree. I think that we probably overall should do a better job of preparing uh, young preachers to preach, to handle the word of God and, and to pastor. But it seems like we kind of have, we look out on the landscape and feel like we have a, a shortage of preachers and, you know, churches, sometimes it's been years without a pastor. And, and so it's, I guess it's hard for us to have patience in that regard. Anything's better than nothing. In other words, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was just, right. reading, I was just reading about bi- a biography of a missionary in the Blue Ridge mountains and, <laughs> He was interacting with some of the people there, and and another pastor actually said to him, "Education is not religion." And his response was, "Neither is ignorance." <laughs> Boy, those mountain preachers—you just got to give it to them. <laughs> That's right. Look, I'm not certainly suggesting that you have to have a doctrine of divinity to pastor a church. That's. That's just not true. Some of the best preachers in the world have never stepped foot in a seminary classroom. But you do need some type of learning. And and I know now if I could change, you know, my timeline of ministry, I would I would have immediately gotten started in some type of some type of learning. It gets more difficult as you get older and and you have a family. Well, the you're but we're talking about 98 and 99 back when people were still using AOL and the internet barely existed. And so doing something online was much more difficult and really just not available. You know, today there are more options for that sort of thing. And that's certainly one thing that looking back 20 some years later, I really would 
probably wish I had started something, some some sort of, of education, you know, some sort of learning. And maybe I actually would be doing better with my grammar right now than I am if I had done that. <laughs> well, you know, there are options today, like you say, that range from a full-blown seminary you know, education. And and by the way, there are some seminaries today that are actually in better shape than they were 20 years ago. They've gone back Certainly. to a more conservative view of scripture. And, but, you know, there are also, uh, you know, smaller Bible colleges. Some of those do, you know, that online teaching. And then there's, you know, you and I do this little thing for some, some guys called the preacher's program, which really doesn't cost anything, but I, it is something to help guys at least get some type of teaching. So there are various options out here that can help a guy be prepared for ministry. I just wish I had had something. And right uh, now that doesn't mean that I haven't taken some classes. Uh, I, I took a few semesters of Greek and I've taken some other classes at various places. I just wish I had began that day one rather than several years into the ministry. So how how many sermons I know I you since you have a spreadsheet you know the exact answer probably to this but how many sermons have you preached to this point in in 20 years of ministry Well I don't know the exact answer because there are there's a few holes in it but for the most part I know I'm pretty close that I've preached over 2300 sermons since that time. Yeah, I know I'm over 2,000. I don't know how far over 2,000. You and I are in a little bit different situation presently where I I do share the pulpit here with a couple of guys. So my number of times per year has actually dropped a little bit as they take, you know, the pulpit. So, and there are probably some people that are tickled to death with that, but the, um, 2,000 sermons to me doesn't sound like a young preacher, a new guy in the ministry, and it certainly doesn't feel that way. <laughs> so that that said, if, you, if you've preached 2,000 sermons, would you say your sermons today are noticeably different than your sermons 20 years ago? Uh, they're certainly different. I'm glad you said different and not better. Uh, (laughs) They're certainly different. How much better they are, I I don't know, but they're certainly different. Well, my sermons, of course, you you know, you followed my ministry. My sermons 20 years ago were probably about 30 minutes. And today I'm pegging out about 50, 55 minutes every week. So it's according to what you judge preaching by as to whether it's better or not. If you're judging by your watch, mine's a whole lot worse than it was 20 years ago. (laughs) The longer, the better is what I say. (laughs) Well, I mean, I am absolutely committed to exposition today. uh, And and I I don't mean that I ever had an intention of misrepresenting God's word. I I never had that. But I just didn't know a whole lot about exposition. and And I do now. So, you know, that in itself is going to change ministry. So in in over 2,000 sermons... Have you ever preached over an hour? No. Really? No. And in fact, I've 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 been in the fifty-five to to fifty-nine minute range, probably ten or so times. And my seventeen-year-old every time comes up to me and said, "You had two minutes left, and you would have hit that hour mark." You know. Not that he necessarily <laughs> wanted me to, from one sense, but no, I I preached fifty-nine minutes at a Bible. Uh, conference last summer. I didn't quite realize that, but anyway, I missed, wow. I missed it by a minute. So 
at a Bible conference. It wasn't even. a conference. I was the only speaker that night. So it was, uh, it was well, there wasn't any time for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. They were going to have three guys, but they canceled <laughs> after I got, <laughs> uh, so you're, you're like me, you're a young guy that wishes you could go back and do some things over, but what has developed you most as a preacher? There has been progress. I, I, I hope I've shown that. You definitely have shown that. I, I'll say that publicly. But what has developed you most as a preacher through 20 years of ministry? I think a couple of things that I would point to. One would be just reading the whole Bible and reading it regularly, uh, which I'm just, you know, it's, it seems awful to admit this, but was not something I was doing early in my ministry. So I was, I would read, but it was more of the devotional type reading where, you know, I'm going to read a verse or two and get something out of it kind of reading. It wasn't a committed reading through the, the whole Bible. And so I think that certainly is one thing that has contributed to growth. The other thing I would say would be preaching verse by verse through books. And so I started pastoring. And within the first year, I took on preaching through a book. Now, I didn't do it very well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> needless to say, but I, I did attempt it. And, and since that time have always, uh, do you, and the first book that I preached through actually was the book of Ruth and um, tried to preach through it verse by verse. And again, didn't do a very good job. But one of the things that drove me to do that was as I started out pastoring, you know, prior to that time, I had just preached here and there and uh, filling in and that sort of thing and different meetings. And well, now I'm preaching regularly to the same people. And I started out sort of as an ambulance chasing preacher. I just was trying to identify where the problems was, and I was chasing those around and trying to address them from the pulpit. And that is church people have problems. (laughs) Believe it or not, of course, the problem was I didn't even know the half of it. Um, But, you know, I'm so I'm chasing these problems around and always trying to find a a text or something, you know, to to address these problems. But pretty quickly, I was I was frustrated because, you know, I preached on that. So why didn't uh, why why didn't that problem get taken care of? You know, why why is that problem still there kind of thing? And, you, you know, you say that. And, and, you know, you, you're having difficulty coming up with topics to address what the congregation right. needs. I, I mean, amen. That's exactly why I started preaching through books. And I think we both did that before we even knew one another. But I knew if, right. if there was going to be you know, information shared with the congregation, it was going to have to come that way because I, I, there's a limited amount of knowledge that I have in my brain. But right. and mine probably more limited than yours. But. I hear almost weekly that men have been given a message by God this week to preach in the pulpit as if God unscrews the top of their head, drops in a topic, screws it back on, and then they preach. How does that square with what you're saying that, you know, you ran out of topics and you need to be preaching through book? Well, all I can say is that if that works for some preachers, I've never learned how to do that. There, there's some secret that they have that I just simply have not discovered. And so given the fact that I'm trying to figure out what the church most, you know, what does the church most need to hear right now? And, and then trying to figure out what text to come from, 
that coupled with just a a realization that as a pastor, you know, if I'm going to be here any length of time, I really have a responsibility of preaching the whole Bible to the church. And I'm just not going to do that if I'm just hopping around here and there preaching on this topic, that topic, and then, you know, chasing this problem and that problem. And so I had better start approaching it more systematically. And that was, you know, how I got started really preaching through books. But I do think that a commitment to that and a, and a continual doing that, I mean, I've preached through over 20 books of the Bible now, a commitment to doing that, I believe has probably been the greatest source of development and growth in the ministry. And neither of us are, of course, suggesting that the Holy Spirit does not lead us in preparation for preaching. That's not in any way the idea, but there really is not a scripture in the New Testament that suggests we are just prophets like the Old Testament guys were in that God just reveals some truth to us that we need to share with the congregation. That's I heard a guy recently say that's inspiration, not preaching. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> you right. Know, the, the perhaps most clear instruction on how to preach is in Paul's letters to Timothy. And in, you know, in first Timothy, he tells him till I get there, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And second Timothy, he says, you know, the Bible's inspired by God. It's breathed out by God. It's, it's what God's given to mature. So preach the word, even in, you know, first century Christianity, Paul is telling Timothy, you know, when you come to church, read the scripture and explain it to the people and apply it to their lives. And that's, I hope the goal that, that I have, and I, I, I've always had that goal, but I wish I'd have known how to do it a little bit better 20 years ago. Absolutely. So if you were going to give advice to yourself, if you could go back and whisper in your ear from 20 years ago, I know we've already touched on this a little bit, but is there any instruction you might give? Any encouragement, perhaps? A few things and and things that I tell young guys now. I'm not saying that you have to get a degree. uh, And I'm not necessarily saying that you have to, you know, do something with a seminary. But get as much education as you can. Whatever is available to you and, and your situation in life. I mean, I already had our oldest, our first child was born. So I was married and and had one child at the time when I started preaching and had a second one not long after that. So um, before I was pastoring, in fact, so I had two young kids when I started. So, you know, everybody's situation may be a little bit different. So whatever whatever your situation allows, I I would get as much education as you can. Would it be fair to say that whatever your situation is at 22 or 23, it's probably better than it is when you're 43? Oh, it's better. You're not, you're not going to get more time. I guarantee it. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get more time as things go along at all. So I would say that probably one of the, one of the most important things as a young preacher. And, and I look back and I think about a lot of the frustrations I had is that you, you really have to be patient and there's no quick and easy way to learn patience. But I heard it, I've heard this before. And I think it's true from my own experience. You know, a young preacher overestimates what can be accomplished in a church within a year or two and underestimates what can be accomplished in five to 10 years. So I think as a as a young preacher, oftentimes our, we're just very short sighted and, you know, we're frustrated from week to week that we feel like, well, this is a problem and it just hasn't been corrected. So I think just, you know, having that 
patience and just trusting in the in the word, trusting in God's spirit and being faithful to preach and to teach that word and to grow in in leadership and what have you. But it's just going to take time and you need to be prepared for that. No, I agree. You know, we are a generation of proof texters today, and we often hear 2 Timothy 4, 2 quoted, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. But we sometimes don't pay attention to that very last part where he says, with all long suffering, you know, with, with complete patience. In other words, we should be preaching the word. Change does not happen overnight. And it is it is easy to think that you've got such a great message, and you may, by the way, it, it, if it comes out of God's word, it is a great message. But not always are you going to get up and preach a sermon and the entire church is going to change directions and follow you. In fact, I would say that is rarely the case. And it is easy, even in 20 years of preaching, to have those expectations. But I I think there's got to be a difference between hope and expectation. You know, you hope that this sermon is going to immediately impact lives, but I can give guys 20 years of preaching experience at the same church. We've seen progress in those 20 years, but I don't remember any time that I've ever gotten up and preached one message and everything changed at that point. There may be some temporary change here and there. You know, I preached just a few weeks ago on... Mary and Martha, you know, hosting Christ in in Martha's house. And Martha's frustrated with Mary because Mary's wanting to sit there and listen to Jesus' teaching. Martha's trying to serve. And, you know, Jesus basically says, you're just too distracted. And, And I mean, I ended up preaching a sermon on being distracted by the things of this life instead of sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning. And, you know, the hope as a pastor is, is that you are immediately going to see change. But that change oftentimes is has got to sit in someone's heart for a while. And, you know, we the only change that's going to happen in a church is when the Bible is accurately preached and the Holy Spirit takes that preached word and changes the hearts and lives of people. And, and all we can do is do our part. So yet yeah, be patient. You don't, I did, I didn't know it all 20 years ago and I don't know it all today. I don't have all of the answers and I won't until I leave this life. So just preach the word. I'd love to go back and whisper that in my ear 20 years ago. Well, and and also you need to realize, at least have some self-awareness to realize that though you probably think you do at that point, you don't have everything figured out. <laughs> you know, uh, you've, you've probably not been married very long. You may have really young kids and, and you, you know, you think you've got everything figured out. You are a marriage and parenting expert. At that point, you know, you got a couple of toddlers, you've been married for two or three years. And I mean, you just think you've got it all figured out, but you don't. If you think you've got marriage all figured out, you probably should write a book and uh, and and print that because that's going to help. <laughs> you know, and it will at least provide some comedy for you later in life. <laughs> Look, I, I have a pet peeve and I, I've heard this so many times from from pastors and pulpits, especially at a Bible conference where, you know, we're talking about, you know, standing for the faith, wants to deliver to the saints. And a guy says, you know, I've been in ministry 35 years and you know, I've never changed my position on one thing. And, and the idea is that it's a liberal person who changes their position. That's the picture that's being painted. But I'm looking at that from another point of view as somebody in the congregation listening to that sermon is that God's word should be changing you. And the the Christian life is one of repentance, not just one time at the very beginning, but daily. 
and a a pastor that is worth his pay and is doing his work in the scripture. He's like you say, he's reading through the Bible regularly. He's preaching the whole counsel of God, which is not defined as three or four doctrines, but as from Genesis to Revelation, he is changing on some things because he's not completely right. And yeah, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I've heard that way too many times. You got any other advice some of these young guys might want to hear? Or maybe they don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. (laughs) Yeah, you just, the only other thing I would say is, you know, you have to give yourself to the study of the word. You have to be committed to it. And the other thing I guess I would say is that it is harder work than what you realize. Absolutely. Because... God is not just unscrewing the top of your head off and dropping it in. If a, if your sermon prep takes 10 minutes, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. a, a, absolutely. Okay, so so we have suggested education. We actually just right here at the very end of this this podcast, I'd like to give an op, you know, uh, some information about an opportunity to get some free education. And uh, it's not a, a full education. Uh, it's just a weekend. It's a Thursday, Friday, and half a day Saturday in Richmond, Kentucky, uh, March 7th through 9th. It is uh, a pastor-teacher seminar that you and I are just two of the teachers there. There are five other guys that are going to be doing some teaching. That is not going to replace uh, a Bible college or a seminary education but I think you would agree that it is going to lay some foundation for what pulpit ministry should look like. Well, I can say we we had the first one of these in 2017, and I personally found it very helpful. Um, I benefited from it. There was a number of things that I took away and immediately began applying and and you know trying to work out in my own preaching. Uh, so it's an opportunity to basically get together with a bunch of other preachers and and talk about preaching and pastoring some so it's definitely a beneficial time yeah. and you can't beat you the price you beat the price uh it is at the best western in richmond kentucky there's actually a page for it on facebook if you're interested sgb pastor teacher seminar that will get you there it the cost for the seminar is free you do need to register though because we have just very few bags left that have a ton of good resources in them that are free at the door. We will be giving away some other books uh, following each session, which there's a number of sessions, and uh, we've even got a few Bibles to give away at the end. So it is a good book. You probably want to get a room there. Tell them you're with the Pastor Teacher Seminar at 75 bucks, and I I think you would be greatly benefited at at least getting some help in the ministry. Do do you have a schedule to that thing, perhaps close? Yes, we're going to, uh, just a quick rundown. We have seminar sessions. So this is more, think more of classroom type sessions. And we'll be starting Thursday morning. We have at 9.30 Thursday morning, uh, March 7th, we have two sessions. Uh, one is an overview of expository preaching. Uh, the second one is Christ-centered preaching. Uh, we will break for lunch. And we have a Thursday afternoon session starting 1 p.m., we have three sessions, biblical visualization, a second session on biblical theology, and a third session, uh, one of the practical pastoral helps type sessions will be preaching funerals and weddings. And then Thursday evening. Now, what we do on the evening session is we have sermons. And so these are these are designed to be example type sermons. So in the sessions during the day, 
you know, we're teaching these different aspects, looking at these different aspects of preaching. And in the evening sessions, you're going to hear just an example. So how's all this come together? So we have two sermons Thursday evening that starts at six. All right. So we start again Friday morning, 930. We have two sessions. Uh, one is a, a practical pastoring session. It's how to begin a pastorate. Uh, the second session will be preaching the prophets. Then we have an afternoon session and that begins at 130. We have a sessional training up men under you, another one of those practical pastoring sessions. You know, sessions. Jeff, and it probably should be pointed out to these Baptist people out here listening to this that we are going to let you eat between all of these things. So we, we are, we're we all about <laughs> lunch and dinner, so don't think you're going to have to fast the whole weekend. So. Right. Well, if you're staying at the hotel, there's a breakfast provided uh, the hotel has a has a very nice breakfast uh, that they I put together. I was impressed last year with it. Right. Yeah, it, it's really good. Now, you will have to provide your own lunch and your own dinner. There are restaurants and things that are close by. Um, well, we are going to supply now, at least one meal, maybe two. Um, we're, we're going to supply at least one, uh, which that comes on, on Friday. So back to the Friday afternoon Sorry, session. It starts at one thirty. training up men under you. Second session is a session on preaching Proverbs. Third session is on biblical counseling. And we're having a fourth session on preaching parables and adding illustrations to sermons. And then Friday evening, there will be a supper provided there in the conference room. So you won't have to leave and and get anything. It'll be provided for you. Friday evening, two more sermons. And then we get to Saturday morning. Uh, We start at 8.30 Saturday morning. So that's an early start. And we do that so that we can be done by noon so everybody can get out of there and get back. Um, we have a session uh, on preparing sermons start to finish. We have a speaker panel. Uh, we have um, some good giveaways that will take place there. And then we have the final sermon. And it will be done right about noon. And so you can get on the road and get back to where you need to go. Yeah, and I, I think we were real good with our schedule last year. We were able to get it done. and. You know, some of us are driving as far as seven hours to get there, but, uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll have no problem getting home in a decent hour Saturday. And, uh, you know, maybe you can even hear a good sermon there that uh, encourages you in how to preach. So, Absolutely. All right. It was a great time last time. I mean, I everyone that was there that I've heard from, they – they thoroughly enjoyed their time there and the fellowship and, and probably getting to meet some, uh, new people. Uh, we had, we had good attendance and, uh, the sessions again, you know, we're all, all very helpful. And, uh, so looking well, forward even to if it. You come and you, you, you know, you're from a long way away and you have to stay Wednesday night, Thursday night and Friday night. I'm telling you the bag that you get at the door is the equivalent of one night's, you know, fee for renting a room. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it is. It's great. If you were to win one of the big giveaways at the end, you may actually come out at the end of the week where you're you're at the positive. You've made money. So, <laughs> yeah. It, right. Well, all the, you know, just a note about all that, we're going to be giving away a bunch of books. We have registration bags that are, that each bag is going to have several books in it. And then we have other books will be given away during the seminar. And all of these books have been selected by all the speakers involved. So these are books that we have selected for this purpose. Now, uh, you know, the general disclaimer is that we don't all agree with every word in them, um, but we've selected them because we have found them to be 
helpful books. And so it's not uh, it's not just random giveaways. These are these are books that we have chosen because they've been helpful to us and we believe that they'll be helpful. Absolutely. To you. So go over to SGB Pastor Teacher Seminar on Facebook. There's a link there to register. Doesn't cost you a penny, but it does get you a bag of free books at the door. So make sure to register. Don't just show up. You're you're free to just show up. That's okay. But you're going to miss out on getting a free bag of books if you don't register. So make sure that you right. go over there and do that. All right, buddy. I enjoyed it. Uh, good Lord willing, we will talk to you guys later. 